Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? This is the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. We originally air as a radio show on Radio for Brooklyn, so if you like the show and you want to listen to episodes the day they come out, you got to check out Radio for Brooklyn every Monday at 3 p.m. You're about to hear the episode where I interviewed 20th century singer-songwriter and fashion icon David Bowie and turn-of-the-century industrialist and one of the richest people to have ever lived, J.D. Rockefeller. Don't forget that you can always email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Go out and buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now, and it is hilarious. Check out my improv team, Junior Varsity, every Thursday at the Magnet Theater at 7 p.m. Rate and review this podcast. Tell your friends about it. Check out jarrettbarenstein.com for all the latest and the greatest. And last but not least, you got to put in your calendar the date March 25th. It is a Sunday. That is where I will be debuting a super fun sketch, stand-up, and general awesome variety show that's going to be special gets and awesome bits. That's uh, 325 March 25th at the Magnet Theater at 9 p.m., but for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Dady Rockefeller and David Bowie only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. People you know. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. Famous stories stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 20th century English singer-songwriter and actor David Bowie. Hello, Jarrett. And American oil magnate and one of the wealthiest men in modern history, J.D. Rockefeller. Oh, hello. <laughs> Mr. Rockefeller, Mr. <laughs> Bowie, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Rockefeller's got the giggles. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm, no one talks to me. About me, so no. I'm excited. No, absolutely. I mean, you're a fascinating person, and that's what that's what we do on the show. We talk to fascinating oh. individuals such as yourself. And actually, would like to start with you, Mr. <laughs> Rockefeller. Oh. I hope you're doing okay. Let me know if you need any water or anything. I'm fine. I just have um, no body hair. Mm-hmm. No body hair. Yes, I'd st- I um, I was re- reflecting on my life and the stress of being so rich. Mm-hmm. I, I developed. Alopecia. Yeah, I read about I that. I know. That's the only true fact I'm going to get into. <laughs> That's the one that caught my eye. Well, you know, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Rockefeller, I would hope that I would hope that we 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 talk a lot about truth and and facts <sighs> on the show. Like that's what we're that's what we're here for. We're here to get to the bottom of. I hope you don't die again. No. We're here to get to the bottom of what happened. Can to I ask you a question? While you were alive, of course, Mr. Can Bowen, I ask absolutely. a question? So yes. alopecia, yeah. alopecia. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. given to understand that that was a genetic condition. I didn't know that you could get it through stress. Oh, Is that true? First of all, huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> second of all, first time, long time. <laughs> second of all, David Bowie. Uh, it's much like Lyme disease. The tick will bite, but the disease comes through with the stress. So alopecia was living in me, and then it came out to haunt me as I became more successful. What? So stress <laughs> was the tick that bit you, that caused you to have alopecia. Was no, no, it no. ever? I think, I think it would be genetics is the tick, but then the stress causes the... the oh, oh, my head hurts. They seem to come back again. Well, we'll try to... I've just... got an idea. Let's talk about time travel. Let's talk about that real quick. Well, let's uh, let's right. um, let's let's not uh, uh, stress you out anymore, <sighs> uh, JD. Um, well, I'd like to start off with you, if, mm-hmm. if I may. Um, yes. So, w- so here's the thing. You know, I'm I'm doing research for this interview. 
and I am looking at the amount of money that you accumulated in your life, and it is mm-hmm. it's staggering. You are one of the richest people to have ever <sighs> existed. Stacks and stacks and, and stacks. stacks. And, uh, and everybody imagines what they would do with that amount of money. You know, like mm-hmm. I would throw a party at the palace at Versailles. I would get the Rolling Stones to play a Ooh, solo show for me, you know. Right. Um, and, or but, open but, a beautiful shopping mall on the ground with an ice rink and flags. You're referring, of course, to Rockefeller <laughs> Plaza. That's right. Yeah. Visited well, Monday I, through Sunday. Well, I'm... <laughs> Just wondering. What's the hours? What's the hours? <laughs> well, it depends on the biz. You want to, mm-hmm. uh, what? What? So, like, the Just Salad's not open. And the know. witchcraft <laughs> is only the weekdays. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rockefeller, I have to ask you. Uh-huh. Because you actually had that amount of money. I did. What, if you can remember, what's the craziest thing you ever did with all your wealth and power? We all imagine what we could do, the most extravagant and insane things sure. that we could do with that amount of money. But you actually had that money, so what was the most insane or decadent thing that you did just because you could, just because you had the cash? Yes. Uh, Besides handing out coins like an asshole to children, (laughs) I, why it was getting girls of all the same height to kick their legs all the time. So you, of course, are referring to the The rockets. rockets. The rockets. (laughs) This is the first time I've ever put that together. Is that true? It's exactly right. (laughs) So you, with all your, with all your, uh, what what in today would be Uh over $300 billion. Oh, is it that What you did was you wanted to get a bunch of girls that were exactly the same height. Same height. And kick their legs at at the same time. Yes. Was this a vision that you had? Because... I, I didn't see anywhere. Uh, it's why I got into the money biz in the first place. Just a- Imagine just a regular person, man, <laughs> asking a bunch of girls the same height well, to first, kick for events. First, you'd have to ask them to like line up. Like, would you mind standing next to each other so I could oh, see? Oh yes. And then you'd have to kick tallest in the middle. <laughs> It's so interesting to find out that J.D. Rockefeller has a very specific type. Yeah. A very specific yes. type. Well, it, just, it doesn't, that's the thing that's weird about it is it's not a specific type, is it's it's specific to whoever's next to, it's like a, a specific type for a group. Like, he doesn't like tall women or short women. He just wants the women I just want next to, to each other to but be I'll the bet, same height. But I'll bet that there are, there are uh, Rockettes who have been in the Rockettes for years and years and years. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so if you have one that follows through to the next year, she has to be the same height as everyone else. So everybody's just has to level up to the person who is already within the rocket. And then those people stay around and then you add the new ones, but they all have to be the same. But that's interesting. Like maybe, maybe over time you're slightly, you're adding people who are slightly taller. And so maybe if you took the first group of rockets. Boys, boys, boys. Why am I spitballing? Maybe you can explain. (laughs) Maybe if you took. I'm right here. You could ask me what I was. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, Tell us about it. Well, point is, first of all, David Bowie, my, my, you should have worked for me. Because you were very tall, you, And you gentlemen. catch on fast to the, to the biz, <laughs> to the structure of my work. Anyway, that's the craziest thing I did. That's, and that's an incredible story. And I'm, I'm so happy to hear that you were responsible for the creation of Rockets. I just imagine it was something that came along long after you had no, already no. been deceased. No, no, it was all leading up to that. <laughs> of course. Now, Bowie, so Mr. Bowie, sorry. Um, you know, it's it's funny because you were one of those celebrities that obviously your first name was David, um, but you you just became to the world just became Bowie, 
And so nobody would call nice. you Miss. We wouldn't call you Mr. Bowie. No. We would just we would just refer to you as Bowie. But people would Bowie. like if you went to a restaurant, they would say right this way, Mr. Bowie. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So I just think of you as Bowie. That's neither here nor there. I mean, you were not an unsuccessful person. You had some money as well, but obviously it's it pales in comparison not to what Mr. Rockefeller had. You know. No, no, no. I, I just had an apartment here in New York. That's... Yeah, and you didn't find that limiting at all. You weren't striving for the kind of money that Mr. Rockefeller had. No, 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 no. I wasn't looking for that kind of money. I just wanted to make my music. You know? mm-hmm, of course. And I wanted to go to lively parties with my wife and on, and I wanted to go and hang out with one of my best friends, Iggy Pop, and Jagger, mm-hmm. who I had sex with, mm-hmm. and all sorts of things. And also, by the way, J.D. Rockefeller, what? huge fan. Oh, thank you. Oh, I got so nice. It's so nice when the people (laughs) that I bring in together know each other and like each other. This makes things so much easier. Oh, I went to every concert I could get my hands on of David's. Of David's. Oh, yeah, did you? Whether that makes sense or not, I was there. Which tour was your favorite of all of David Bowie's tours? Because he did a lot of live performing. It was Back from the Moon. (laughs) <laughs> Back from the moon. That was quite a tour. Oh, yes, yes, right? yes, yes. That's when I revisited my Ziggy Stardust character oh, in 2009. Yes. 2009. Oh, it was that was so a great good. tour. It was wonderful. But let me ask, let me ask you this, Mr. Yes, Bowie. Yes, yes. Uh, so obviously, uh, Bowie wasn't your birth name. Your original name was David Jones. David Jones. And uh, you changed it because you didn't. You were tired of being confused with Davy Jones of the Monkey. Of yes. the monkeys. Yes, and I, and I couldn't get my second choice for a last name either. What was it, your second choice? Either it was uh, Cassidy. Cassidy. Oh, yeah, yes. that would have been also really... Partridge family. Yeah, yes. that would have been really confusing also. There's a lot of Davids out there that you couldn't have taken their last name. You so know? many, so many. You, you couldn't, you couldn't use couldn't Crockett. Have, you couldn't have used Crockett. You couldn't have no. named yourself and Goliath because that would have been confusing to people, you know? David in Goliath. Yeah, oh, exactly. oh, I love the Bible <laughs> so much. No, I did read you're a religious person, but here's the thing. You seem so <laughs> positive about everything. Well, well I think... so... it's true. I'm dead now. Oh, shoot. Can I say that? <laughs> anyway, so I have nothing to worry about. I did everything I was supposed to do. Yeah, now that you're back, life is pretty confident. Con- yes. Consequence-free for, yes. for the people that, that come back and do the show. Rock oh, yeah. Roll. So Bowie, though, you chose yes. that name because of James Bowie, the American pioneer. Absolutely he was a real not. rough and tumble, Davy Crockett yes. kind of a guy. Yes. He's one of the men that died of the Alamo. Yes. And I'm wondering, what was it about that man, James Bowie, American pioneer and frontiersman, that you decided to take his name. Why did that resonate with you so much? Because he was so flashy and he died mm-hmm. doing what he loved, which was shooting people. Shooting Mexicans. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> loved it. Not that part. That's not the part <laughs> that I particularly liked. Um, <laughs> Mr. Rockefeller, if you could clean it up a bit, I would really appreciate it. <laughs> I, had, I had half a peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot for him. Oh, God. <laughs> He's going crazy. He's going is, crazy. I know that look. That's well, on Iggy. My lift was so bumpy on the way over mm-hmm. here. That is, a, that is a lot of sugar for someone your age. I I'm understand. Sorry. Back to Bowie. Okay, so yeah, you were saying James Baldwin. Sorry, James Bowie. Uh, <laughs> I love James man. Baldwin as well. He's a great writer. But you were saying about uh, about James Bowie. He was showy and he died doing what he loved. And I always Shooting said Mexicans, that I would. Well, said, no, well, yeah. oh, hold on. Again, that's not what, not exactly the part that I want to focus on. Okay. But... He did die defending something that he loved, mm-hmm. a symbol. 
And that's what David Bowie has represented his entire life. A symbol. A symbol of rock and roll. A symbol of space. A symbol of other. A symbol of sex. A Ooh. symbol of life. And I wanted to die on stage. You love everything. Well, I'm just getting such love actually rocker guy vibes from you. Have oh, you, you mean you mean the, the old man in love actually? Yes, who... and I it's my favorite film. And I'm just, it's like I'm in the movie, which was my greatest unrealized dream. So you, it, it so, does seem like it would be a movie that J.D. Rockefeller oh, would have loved. He would have loved that oh, movie. Oh, I would have been great. He would great. look at he would look at Colin Firth and go, oh, I'm going to pattern my life after that. Man. It is such a oh. shame. I mean, I know that since you've been back, you have not managed to reaccumulate the wealth that you had when you were alive in your first go. No. Um, but obviously, like, that's something that you could do now. Now, if you had your three hundred billion dollars still, you could put yourself in Love Actually. You could you yes. could do cast reunions if oh. you wanted to. Oh, do you think Hugh would want to meet me? You you mean Hugh Grant? Oh, of course. Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't he? Oh, you know, and that's the thing about people with your kind of money, and obviously mm-hmm. with people with your kind of fame, uh, Mr. Bowie, is that you have. So many resources available to you. You can just you want to meet somebody. You just you can get on the I horn ask and you a go, question? Of course, Mr. about myself. Yeah. When you Google me, yeah. Why is every photo so old and gross? There are well in the Wikipedia. There's a, sh- a picture of you when you're 18. <laughs> oh, uh, I must have scrolled right <laughs> past that. And you know what? You're not a bad, bad looking guy. I could tell just by the picture that you were a very like oh. efficient and very motivated intimate. person. Very you know, like you could see in the eyes in that 18 year old picture, J.D. Rockefeller, just wow. like ha- he's a real go getter and he's not going to stop until he gets what he wants. Jeez. You can see it. You can see that he has that the go getter face <laughs> of somebody who was born into wealth and will oh. stay, stay <laughs> wealthy. Stay, stay, Hold on a second. Well, Let's not get it twisted. Right. J.D. Rockefeller was not born into wealth. He came from pretty humble backgrounds. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. He was. Blah. It's true. Mr. Bowie, listen, of all, of all the many talents that you have, uh, I think maybe you just got a little muddled in your in your uh, biography of J.D. Rockefeller. Here. You know what? That's very, very fair. And I have to mm-hmm. say, having met J.D. Rockefeller, huge mm-hmm. fan. Oh, oh, and I of yours. Well, let me let, let, let so we'll dispel the myth right now. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, uh, your father, oh, uh, William fuck, Avery. Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> William Avery Rockefeller. Not a wealthy man. He no. was a con man uh, and a bit of a blemish on the Rockefeller mm-hmm. name because of all the various scandals, you know. Yes. Uh, and I'm wondering, when you were growing up, were you aware of your father's scams? Like, were you aware that he was a he was a confidence man? You, could you tell that something was up, that something wasn't right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, if a magician has a child, that child knows all the tricks. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I did, but I just twisted it around and... Flipped it around and, and and made it made it successful. He did not. So so you're saying that you you took some of his con manery. I am. And you applied it to business to so the world oh, of yes. high business. I am. What I did was still con like, mm. and I have to be a sociopath to have co- that kind of insane ass success. When I in that time, are you listening to me? I am listening. <laughs> The Rockefeller. It's just the lap. Didn't uh, well. The, there didn't was no. Didn't expect you to be so sensitive. <laughs> Jared, just... can you stay present for five minutes? <laughs> I am. I'm very. I got a lot. I'm juggling a lot of balls here. I got to make sure the levels are good, and I'm and I'm. You know what I think I it is? I literally thought you just said I'm drinking a lot of balls yeah. here. Oh gosh, <laughs> Bowie. You know what I think it is? Mm. I think the laptop between 
Jared's face and mine is cutting us off. Who knows what we could have gotten into if I could only see his face. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Mr. Rockefeller. I wish there was a way that we could fix it, but there is no. You were saying... Oh, right. You right. were saying that... Um, you know, you you have to be like a little bit of a sociopath to accumulate the kind of wealth that you that you accumulated. But but that's I mean somewhat related to you know the way that your father accumulated his money. Like he yes. didn't care if he was swindling people. You know, he didn't no. care that the the snake oil he was selling didn't have any effects. You know, right? But look at where Dad was and where I am now, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's yes. Con is con. Can you give a specific example of like a con that your father would run that you were able to translate successfully into, into, you know, accumulating oil refineries or vertical integration, like the things that you were famous for in your business life? I'll jump right in. Okay. So dad sold one time in a little pillowcase a snake to an old lady for five bucks. But if it had been me, I would have sold it for a million bucks. And that's how that works, you see. Okay. You know, listening to you describe that, I'm I'm a little shocked that you were able to accumulate the wealth. It's just It's, it's all a, snakes in a bag. I see. It's all snakes in a bag. Mm-hmm. That is uh, one of my favorite lines from your autobiography. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today in the studio are American oil magnate and one of the wealthiest men in modern history, J.D. Rockefeller. Hello. And 20th century English singer-songwriter and actor, David Bowie. And uh, so, Mr. Bowie, I'd like to go over to you for a moment. So um, it seems from your biography that you always had a gift for uh, a a visual performance in addition to being a gifted musician. Uh, At nine, one of your teachers described your dancing as vividly artistic and strikingly imaginative. (laughs) And I'm wondering, because you were nine years old, like what kind of dancing could you have been doing that an adult would have looked at that and been like, oh, my God, how how vivid, how... How strikingly imaginative. Do you do you know the the dancing that they're referring to here? Yes. It, <laughs> it was very sexual. Sexual? At nine years old. It was powerful. It was electric. Okay. It was shocking. Did you kick your leg <laughs> in the air around Christmas time? <laughs> I was at the time I was five ten. <laughs> Oh, perfect. I you were 5'10 <laughs> at nine years old. You were 5'10. I weighed I weighed about 98 pounds. Oh, God. Okay. And my leg could go straight up to uh, my eyebrow. You're oh, high. Wow. <laughs> and so this is the kind <laughs> of dancing straight. you were doing at nine. You were just like kicking your legs up. Like, yeah, yes. Uh, what was sexual knee about first, it? Knee you... first and then full leg. <laughs> and then alternate <laughs> knee, leg. Knee, leg. It's so knee, funny that you're leg, saying that because knee, that sounds leg. exactly like the line dancing that the rock <laughs> that the Rockettes do. Oh yeah. But like, wow, how is this sexual? I mean, obviously, there's Rock, Rock, Mr. Rockefeller would Have argue you seen the that shows? that's the sexiest dancing in the world. But were there other elements? To I this? did a lot of Bowieisms. I would do, I would do my howls. I would do my yaps every time I would bring my knee up. Howls go- in Europe. <laughs> I see. Wow. wow. And, and you know, obviously anybody, anybody looking at that is just like, that is a sexually charged performance. Yes, yes. There's yes, no yes, denying yes. that. Yeah, well, nobody could say that at nine years old, but I knew what it meant in my head internally. Mm-hmm. And then I knew that the, by the time I turned 18, that I would be a sexual <laughs> man. Oh. Jesus. Wow. wow. Yeah, I'm gonna very, do that multiple that's times. Very Jared. impressive. I'll keep an Ride eye on this board volume, here. Jared. So let me so so let me ask you about this. You know, uh, we're talking about 
the 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 passion and the motivation that you probably had growing up, you know, and uh, and the sort of artistic drive. I'm sorry, Mr. Rockefeller. I'm sorry, I'm just so, so old. I certainly hope that that wasn't a commentary oh. on my question, no, my line no, of questioning. No, no. But I will say there's no beautiful girl line <laughs> to keep me awake. You know what, let me just turn this, I'll just Google real quick. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get a video of some rockets, I'll just turn the computer Please. around here for Oh, you. there they there are. You go. Hi, that'll, girls. That'll keep you nice and motivated. So let me ask you this, Mr. Bowie. So, you know, you, you clearly were a very passionate uh, young man growing up. Uh, I read that in 1962, while you were attending uh, high school, you got into a fistfight with a friend of yours, a man named George Underwood, over a girl, and George punched you in the left eye, and that permanently dilated that pupil and gave you, like, like the unique look that your face became famous for, you know, as you uh, as you grew in notoriety. Do you remember what that fight was about specifically? I, I know it said it was about a girl, but uh, but do you remember anything, any of the specifics about it? It was about a girl, but it wasn't just any girl. It was a teacher. Oh, my God. It oh. was a teacher. You were in high school. I was in high school. This is one of your teachers. And, I was ha- Jared, and? Yeah. And and what, Is Mr. that a Rockefeller? problem? No. High school. <laughs> Go on, Bowie. I'm just saying it's a little scandalous love for, is love. for two students to be involved with their teacher. Oh, oh yeah. You know, it's true. something that we frown upon now, and it's illegal. I don't oh. know how, you know, maybe oh. in the... Uh, in England in the 1960s, still maybe. illegal, still, still illegal, illegal back not then. okay, gotcha. not okay. So yeah, you the two, but of it you. was sexual, <gasps> and it was amazing, and it was vibrant. And then this other, my other mate, my other mate, he was like, "You but, take was this, it." Was this George, the one that you were getting into the fight with? Another guy, a, a different guy, third guy, <laughs> another guy. Okay, and that was that was Nathaniel. That was Nathaniel Overground. Okay, Nathaniel Overground said, "I am going to tell this." Underman person. What was his name again? Oh, George, uh, George Underwood. George Underwood. I'm yeah. going to tell George Underwood that you are having a sexual relation with Mrs. Pine Tree. And I said, oh. you wouldn't <laughs> fucking dare. And then we got into a fist fight. I got hit in the face. I have this eye, and it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to it me. It is such a cool look to have, like, the permanently dilated left eye. I got to be honest. Like, like I... I've been a fan of yours for a long time, but I didn't really notice it. But then I looked through like all these pictures of you, and I was like, "Well, it's so oh. cool, but it's also subtle. Like you don't see it unless you're looking for it." No, you know? I I have to say, I, one Halloween I went to Ricky's Beauty Supply mm-hmm. to try and find that contact to make my eye like that, and they were sold out. But that is the thing that exists. You can get like the it di- is, eye and you did that. That is your. Legacy, David. Yeah, you got so many different legacies on music and on fashion. But that's, that's the, most the biggest famous one. That's, that's the most famous true one. <laughs> people are like, you remember Debowie changes uh, Ziggy Stardust? And people are like, uh, I don't know. No, like the that, eye, that the thing eye. that happens to when you put like drops in it. And I'm very happy. I'm very happy. I always sought out fame, and now I have it thanks to my fucked up eye. Yes. Your messed up eye. Well, let me let me go back to uh, JD Rockefeller here for oh, a moment. Oh, again. So, so you oh. started, there's going to be a lot more questions, Mr. Rockefeller. I think you should strap in. Oh. Uh, so you started your career uh-huh. as a, a bookkeeper, but you moved into the oil business during the war because the government was subsidizing oil prices and people were making a killing at it. Is, is that right? Is that to fit with your recoll- recollection? Yes, but let's focus on the fact that, boy, did I fuck up and I, I paid my way out of the Civil War. Well, I don't know if that's necessarily like a fuck up. Like you know, you the Union Army needed money, and uh, and so and you, you had money to, to give. 
Yeah, and I paid other guys to go in my place. Yeah, it was a, it was a practice that was pretty standard back then. Oh, well, yes, but it's still, if I could go back in time, boy, would I have changed that. This is a sad part of the show, boys. <laughs> I think it's really fucked up that I paid my way out of dying for my country. Well, can, can, I, can I say something? Can I say something? Because I've heard this multiple times, that the uh-huh. money came more in handy than the soldiers did. So are you, are you upset <gasps> because, because you didn't fight in the war yeah. and therefore kill people? Or, oh. are you, or, or do you feel like you didn't help? Because the money was extremely helpful. Yeah, this is a known fact about the Civil War. Okay, I was there, guys. And, you know, it's just... if. It feels weird to be like, I don't want to go. I'll give you money and send three little boys to go die in my spot. <laughs> I'm sorry, can we? That's wait, fucked wait, up, wait, boys. Wait, wait, can we did you, did you give money and then also <laughs> present three boys to go? That's how it worked. The rich, when you were rich back then, in in the in that time, you paid other guys to go fight in your but spot. But you didn't pay guys. You specifically picked three little boys to go fight in the little war. boys <laughs> were fighting back then. Boys of like 14, 15. The snare drummers were like eleven. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! See, I, so not, I think you know what. Oh. Hear, hearing you tell it, <laughs> hearing you tell it, I do think that maybe you should have hired men to go fight in the war instead of three little boys. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that is tragic. That I really just like the, the Treasury office. They say, okay, and we'll take your check for your paid deferment, and then where? Yeah. But, but where are the boys? Well, where are the little boys? I should have done, but I could have easily because I was crazy rich. Mm-hmm. I should have fought. Put my life on the line mm-hmm. and given money. Why yeah, did you could have done both? Yeah, you could have done I both. I could have done both. Going back, I just want to say I was cool with you having a thing with your teacher. I didn't catch the high school part. I don't condone school kids with teachers. Oh, so you 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 thought that I was just judging that he was having a relationship with a teacher? Yeah, gotcha. So you thought that I just didn't like? People I thought being you were doing an I Tanya and being very classist. <laughs> Have you seen no, that movie? No, never. I have not seen I Tanya Allison, yet. Jenny for the Oscar. Anyway. Oh, wait. I, I have another question. I have another question. An I Tanya question? <laughs> not an I Tanya question. <laughs> it Although, was better than film. Lady Bird. Great we will film. know, we'll know that to go to you if we have any I Tanya questions. <laughs> so, what? My question. My question. Uh-huh. So at the time, at the time, it, it, this was still going on in the Civil War. Did they still stand in a line? In well, war. Oh, yeah, because, like, during the Revolutionary Ooh. War, it was, thought of, it was thought of as uncivilized to not just stand in a line and shoot at each other directly. Is that why you wanted to fight in the war, so that you could stand in a line with other similarly, so- similarly oh! hyped gentlemen? <laughs> it's clicking for me, David. That's why. Oh, I just wanted to be... Oh, I got it. Yeah, that's a interesting question. Like, does this, um, I don't want to say fetish, but does this, um, uh, I think we can it, call it fetish. I don't think we can call it a fetish. <laughs> I don't does know. Does this, uh, predilection for okay, girls fine, fine, standing in fine. line, do um, you want to be in the line with them? Like, is, I is that part of it? I wish I was a rocket. Mm-hmm. I wish, but here I am with, with my alopecia <laughs> and my wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and, and there's, they would never let me, though they should. Though anyone should be able to be a rocket, I wish I could. I wish I could get into Thirty Rock and set the record straight. Were, were you the same height as the uh, as the Rockets? Would you even have qualified? Mr. I think so. Yes, but the point is, it should be open to everyone. You shouldn't. It shouldn't just be able-bodied five nine girls. It should be 
anyone should be a rocket, and that's a real fuck up that I probably caused. But obviously, that wouldn't um, that wouldn't jibe with with your. I, again, I don't want to say fetish. I just want to say this thing that you like, where the girls are the same height and they kind of look the same. Wouldn't that ruin it for you if there were, you know, uh, men and women of all different shapes, sizes, and ages up there doing the line kicking? No, I mean, it was just, you know what it was? It was the, help me, David, I'm so old. <gasps> What's the word? Symmetry. Symmetry, But yes. there's a lot of ways you can get symmetry. You can have, it can go from short to tall on in the middle. You know what I mean? Like a mm-hmm. triangle. You can get geometry in all different ways. Ooh, what about this? Like, um, it shouldn't just like, be a line. Like everybody in the line is perfectly in sync, but the same way that David Bowie had like the one dilated eye, we have one person in the line, you see? like off to the left, that's like a little short and fat. That's where you know? I fucked up. Is I just did not. I didn't have enough of an open mind. I can't believe how you have. So, it seems like you you have a lot of regrets about your life. Tons to and you tons and in this tons. interview. I mean, obviously, everybody has things that they regret. You would agree to that as well, Mister Bowie. Like there are things in everybody's life that you look back at and you're like, oh, I wish that I could have done that differently. Hmm. No, is that <laughs> is that not the case, Mister Bowie? Mm, not for me, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, that's a uh, that's it's really impressive. Um, I look back on my life and I go. Yeah, I really think that I really think that as I get further into these questions, there are going to be things that you regret. But I don't see which that's ones. A little, uh, I don't that's see a little which ones. Spoiler oh, for after I know the break. my biography very well. <laughs> be, but I don't know which one. A little spoiler for after the break. We got to take a short break. Unfortunately, do we? We would do, but we'll be right back with uh, David Bowie and JD Rockefeller on Famous Dead People. Famous Stay dead with people. us. Famous dead Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out. and read that and uh, leave reviews awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money also go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up to date project information and lastly if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the support this show button thanks again for listening and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm JD, don't Jared. roll away. Don't roll away, JD. <laughs> don't roll away, JD. Somebody put a stopper. Oh, oh. If you just, there's a there's a log you can put behind your I'm wheelchair. I'm just getting used to the new space, Jerry. <laughs> just put that log behind your wheelchair so it doesn't... <laughs> Do that in the future. I brought my log. We want to keep you. Oh, you brought another log. Oh, that's yes, nice. Yes, my, my chair. Wait, do you want to use my log? Oh, everybody yes. has a log. Oh, everybody thank has a log. You boys. That's really weird. We, yes. I'd love to get into that later. Why each of us Who individually brought wood? logs. Who was the big wood guy? Was... I was the oil guy. Okay. Then there was Steel Person. Was that Carnegie? <laughs> steel Person. <laughs> steel was Carnegie, I think. 
Who was Wood? Maybe that was Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt? I don't know. Maybe Vanderbilt did Wood. Oh, God. (laughs) I just finished reading uh, Anderson Cooper's book that he did with Gloria Vanderbilt, and it is, it's pretty interesting. I liked it a lot. I was just just the built mill. Let us not, let us not get sidetracked. This is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, uh, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are American oil magnates and one of the wealthiest men to have ever lived, J.D. Rockefeller, and who's still so excited about it, and 20th century English singer, songwriter, and actor, a man who just claimed he has zero regrets for the things that he has done in his life, David Bowie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, let me see... You know what? Let's just let's just jump right to it. You know, I'm going to skip ahead because we were just talking about how you have no regrets in your life, David Bowie. So let's talk about let's some of the things it. that you may or may not uh, have any regrets for at the height of your popularity in the 70s. I can tell you right now, I you will were, not regret it. You were using cocaine pretty heavily. Uh, you Great were having cold. hallucinations. Mm. You were getting confused between you and the character of Ziggy Stardust. You uh, you started to get lost. You said that you were losing your mind. Then White Duke as well. And at this point in your life, you started saying publicly that you were a fascist. That you mm. think that that you thought that England should have a fascist leader, mm. and that Hitler was the original rock star. Mm. Okay, so these are things that happened in your mm. life. Mm. These are things that you said and did, mm-hmm. and you're saying that you do not regret those things at all. Hindsight is twenty twenty, Jarrett. <laughs> yes, that's true. But when you're in the moment and you're trying to think of the right thing to say, sometimes mm-hmm. the only thing that you can say is Hitler is the original no, rock star. star. I just I don't Britain think should so. be in a I, fascist state. I don't think that that's I think that's it was so a true. brilliant PR rock star <laughs> move. I think as a businessman, I can see it. That was just a business play, I think. You think that that was a just just to stir up controversy to be to provocative. Sell Every year, I I run out of ideas on how to sell ticks to my Christmas Christmas Bible show <laughs> with the dancers <laughs> at Radio City, and I wish I'd thought of I should yeah cr- saying crazy things gets ticks. Really? So do you think that 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 those comments that your association with uh with with uh, with Hitler with fascism and white supremacists actually helped you to sell tickets to your shows? Well, it certainly makes my fans uncomfortable when it comes up, (laughs) uh, as do a number of things in my biography. But Mm -hmm. I don't regret it at all because, you see, a rock star's (laughs) job is to provoke. Mm-hmm. To provoke either with uh, with different energy, or with sex, or <gasps> with space, or with uh, whatever it might be, <laughs> You're pro- provoking people with space. Oh, the most provocative <laughs> of all of all of those. The things. unknown, Jarrett. It's the unknown. Yes. And so, uh, you, you know, jo- John Lennon didn't do anything much different oh. uh, when he's uh, uh, John Lennon. Oh, hey, he was in the, he was in the he Beatles. Was in the Beatles. He was in the Beatles. Oh. He helped me write the song Fame. Yes. Yes, I did read that on your in your Wikipedia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now the thing the thing is is that uh, he said that the Beatles were bigger than Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now I said I said that uh that Hitler, Hitler was, was the a original rock star, rock star. was the original rock star. I think Apples to apples, I think. I don't I no, I really think your thing was worse. I think I w- your thing was worse. I wish I I'd know. said more about what an asshole. Hitler and fascism was when I was alive. Well, he was a little bit after your time. No, I you know, know, but I still could have 
You had a voice about that. it. <laughs> Instead, I stayed quiet in my dumb suits. And, and you sent those three little boys. <laughs> off to war. Off to World War I, I just and feel World War II. It was, it was in your bio. It was in your will. <laughs> they had I know. To go. <laughs> oh, I would cry if I wasn't so exhausted. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I would love to read the book about the, the groups of boys that had to go to war for J.D. Walker probably, in every war. The things in, they carried. In the Korean War. I want everyone to war, take away from this that Gulf every war. time you go to 30 Rock, whether it's for a nice turkey sandwich at Witchcraft <laughs> or an overpriced skirt with pockets at Anthropology <laughs> or to see SNL if you're lucky, I think, just remember, I... And my entire family are assholes. Everybody in your... Well, I don't know if that's a... I don't know but if you seem awfully nice. You seem self-aware. And you're famous for your philanthropy. You helped to eliminate uh, yellow yellow fever and, uh, oh. and ringworm. I think it's ringworm. Hookworm. Hookworm, Jared. sorry. It's hookworm. Uh, and that those are incredible achievements. Ugh. You know, I'm not saying that your life is blemish-free. Don't do good things that appear bad or bad things that appear good. That's mm. something... My my friend's dad, Guillermo, used to say. <laughs> friend's dad, Guillermo. <laughs> used to say, and I should have listened. What was, what your, I'm, what what I, was your friend's what? name? Rebecca Robles. But what is a good thing that appears bad? Oh, that's the part that always tripped my friend up. <laughs> but what you should focus on is... When I was doing all that, we have to. When Guillermo you, never gave any <laughs> examples. When, uh, when you're a rich ass man, white guy, you just do nice shit to hide that. Really, you're just after the bucks. Mm. You're after the money. It's crazy to have this billions as much as I did. I mean, I, I have. To, I will admit that for the amount of money that you had. You could have done a lot more. And to just you know? spend my life tottering around with a cane, giving dimes to kids. No, you gave dimes to adults. This is oh, actually right. something I was going to ask you about and later. Nickels to I kids. thought it was so weird that you would give dimes to adults and even other rich adults. Like if you if you met like Ugh. a Vanderbilt or something, Someone you would give them a dime also. That is just so insane. <laughs> Total. I have to be a sociopath who never sought out help. Can you not? It was never part of your branding. It was never part of your. No, I. I was just a crazy old rich guy. I mean, that's the kind of bullshit rich ass man <laughs> white guys do. They walk around, I'm assuming near 30 Rock, <laughs> and just hand out money and think, oh, I'm di- I did a good thing. Well, but not even like the kind of money that people would enjoy, no. but like dimes, tiny like ass coins, giving little dimes, the most losable. Uh-huh. Usable currency in the world. If you Google every photo where there I am, old and dumb, handing out coins to kids, they look down at their hand as though I'm crazy. <laughs> and they were right, and I just didn't see it. Can you relate it all to this? To this? Uh, to this? Looking back, that uh, that that Mr. Rockefeller is doing, David Bowie, and and see that there are things that you can learn from your past behavior and maybe correct. Or are you really standing by the fact that everything you did in your life was right? No, I stand by it. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's fair. Well, let me ask you this. Oh, so, yeah. Because yeah. a friend of mine, uh, his dad, name, uh, his dad's, uh, her dad's name is Guillermo. Oh. And he said. So uh, you, weren't, you weren't also friends with this girl, Rebecca, whose, whose dad, Guillermo, would, would say things nice. every once in a while. And, uh, and I got close with her dad. I got close with him. Lucky you, David. <laughs> So Guillermo would say to you, David Bowie. Oh, he, he would say, <laughs> Guillermo 
Robles would say to me, he would say, never, ever regret calling Oh, Hitler, Hitler the, the original rock. I don't know if that's he said that. Very specific. That's extremely specific. <laughs> I don't know that he said it, or so much that he implied it with mm-hmm. his eyes. But it's uh. funny if that would if that was an expression that he would use for other things, like if somebody like shortchanged him. But an at the, amazing at, man at the grocery he store, he would say, "Hey, he never is. regret calling Hitler the original rock star." Oh. It's a parable that works in so many different situations. I may have dreamt that when I was on a lot of cocaine. Let me uh, oh. let me ask you this, David Bowie. Um, so when you were, you know, trying to get your career started, you jumped around into a lot of different bands. And I was really surprised yeah. by that. In five years, you were in uh, the Conrads, which is a band that you started. Yes. And then left that band to join the King Bees. Mm-hmm. Then you left that band to join the Manish Boys. Mm-hmm. You left that band to join the Lower Third. Then you left that band to join the Buzz. And then you left the Buzz to become a solo artist. Yes. And I'm wondering, like, what was the impetus there? Like, did you feel no attachment to those guys? Did you view everybody as just like a stepping stone towards your own goal of, of fame and fortune? It's all a stepping stone. It's mm-hmm. all a stepping stone, Jared. You never want to put yourself in a position where you think you are going to be anything less than a giant megastar. Okay. And if you look at my career, like truly, truly, if you look at my career, never once <laughs> did I make a decision that was based on anything other than I want to be a giant <gasps> mega. Star. Everything. You David, did. we're just two sociopaths <laughs> along for the ride to success. People uh, but- often said that about me. They often said that there were certain people who were vampires of the scene and that they would take different people's ideas and that some of them were nice and that David was one of the nice ones. I oh. would steal ideas from people mm. and then I would inject them with sex and oh. with space and with all sorts of <laughs> different with things. Not with space, David. With space. Are we unknown. going to get to the face paint? I never played with that stuff and I wish I had. But then you mess around with it and then you do eventually create something new with the face paint and it's all new. All the things that you've stolen, you you innovate through the things that you steal. Innovate, innovate. Put it all out front. Put it all out front. It is interesting. And And that's how we got the iPhone. That's how eventually... The iPhone X. You could definitely draw an A to C... From David Bowie to how we got the iPhone, definitely. I see. Uh, but let me go back to uh, to you for a moment, Mr. Rockefeller. Oh. So at your peak, uh-huh. you controlled 90% of all the oil business in the United States. Good for me. And you started getting some heat, he says, as he's surprised. <laughs> he didn't know. You started getting some heat from the press for creating this monopoly, and you were eventually forced to break your company apart into 34 separate companies. Mm-hmm. And because of this... You made a fortune, but you didn't control the oil market anymore. Right. And I'm wondering what, I'm wondering if that bothered you. Like, would you rather have the power of being a monopoly or the the fabulous wealth that you got from your companies being broken up? Jared, first of all, thank you for bringing this up. It is the largest, most important problem every rich white man faces. Do you live as a billionaire, or do you control everything you touch? Mm. And you know what? Both. Without both, you are nothing. And boy, that was a sad, sad day. Wait, so you're saying that you you would feel no uh, satisfaction having either just unlimited, unchecked power or fabulous wealth. You need both to feel whole as a human being? Well, back, yes, back then, yes. But as I sit here today, 
in this lovely new space for your show. Good job, buddy. <laughs> I, I, just, I had nothing to do with it. Though I did not like when they took my photo with that iPad at the front desk <laughs> to get into this building. You're uh, welcome for that technology, by the way. <laughs> that's right, that's right, David Bowie uh, is partially responsible. I don't like being tracked. But anyway, the point is... <laughs> The po- and they never catch you when you're smiling from the heart. They always catch you <laughs> as you're thinking too hard. <laughs> but, the, things that, the things that bother you, Mr. Rockefeller, I know. they're very, the point they're is, very specific. Back then, that was the biggest problem, was I didn't have both the, the money and the power. But today, as I work through this, because I've never been to therapy, as I say this shit out loud, I realize what a fucked up, shitty, shitty person I really was. Mm. You know, well, looking back, like you know, let's say that you're you're back there in that moment. Oh, oh, okay. And so, <laughs> so you have, you know, obviously you weren't given the choice. The United States government forced you to break your companies apart. Yeah. But let's say they did. Let's say, all right, we're either going to take your money and let you keep control of these companies, right. or we're going to break apart the companies and you're going to get all this money. What would you choose? What would you decide to do? Money or power? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> David, help! What do I do? <laughs> I need a sociopath to That's, walk me through this. That is that. Not a stable person. That is that indecisive waffling that I'm sure was instrumental in building up your fortune. I have a second question. I have a second. It's slightly unrelated, but I think it okay. might help you answer this uh-huh. question. Help. So my question is, uh, it might not help <laughs> But my right. question is, uh-huh. what is it? Because you seem very down on J.D. Rockefeller. Yeah. You seem to not like J.D. Rockefeller. And aside from just some... Oddities that he gave out dimes. I don't Space think oddities. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ground control. Oh, the JD best karaoke song. Uh, for what? those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are... What a time to join. 20th century English singer-songwriter <laughs> yes. and actor David oh. Bowie. Hey, yeah! And American oil magnate and one of the wealthiest uh, men to have ever lived, J.D. Rockefeller. It's me. But I want to finish my question. What is it about you that you dislike so much? Because you keep calling yourself a horrible, shitty person. And yeah. more than anything, so far... I it seems like you're strange, but I haven't heard the part aside from sending boys off to die. <laughs> Three that you little didn't boys. have to do. Three little boys. Wait, wait, I'm Three strange. Strange in that I hate myself. No, it's it's it, it, it is strange that you are handing out dimes to children and yeah. to adults. But what is the what is so shitty about you aside from murdering boys? Well, I think the fact that I was just sort of walking around thinking I was Christ. With my billi- with my billions and not helping really anything get done except oil and my buds got richer and kids got quarters or whatever the fuck I gave them. And then my and then that dumb building that stands there today and overcharges poor tourists like like my friend Guillermo to go to the top Your your friend's dad Guillermo. My friend's dad Guillermo yeah. and her family to go to the top of that dumb building and look at shit and, and guess what folks? If it's foggy it's the same fucking price. Yeah, they don't they don't discount no, it if you can't see anything. No, and that's anything. my fault, and I'm really having that realization today. Oh, God. You should, you should have had a separate fog prize. I'm no better people. than my just deadbeat so clear, dad. Just so we're clear, the worst thing about J.D. Rockefeller is uh-huh. that he created a tourist trap. He yeah. created a tourist trap that does not give you a discount. That is, for... a, that is a good thing. No, wait, hold on. That's a bad thing that appears good. 
Oh, oh, there we it go. Is. And Top now we of have the an rock. Guillermo. Guillermo, you have an example that you can provide. Now I hope I hope that we can think of an example of why you should never regret saying that Hitler was the original rock star, which we all know was Guillermo's other expression that he would say, oh, no. that he would say I, all the time. I hope no. that Guillermo is listening to this episode with all of my heart. So let me ask you, uh, David Bowie, about your famous character, an alter ego flamboyant, androgynous, Ziggy Stardust. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and so for those of my listeners who aren't familiar with who this was and who maybe were just familiar with you as David Bowie in your later career, can you tell us a little bit about Ziggy Stardust, who he was, what his story was, that sort of I thing? I was a rock and roll messiah. He came down from... Uh, from from space, and he was here to to save everyone with sex and with rock and roll. And he pointed at you from the stage, and he made you feel electric, and he made you feel alive. And he also was filled to the brim with cocaine, oh. and all he had for protein in his body was a cracked open egg into his mouth what? and some and some milk. That was what? all I subsisted on when I was recording my albums, which I do not remember recording, by the way, but that's neither here oh. nor there. That character brought me fame and fortune, and I travelled all the way here from Mars, and I've forgotten where I started. David, are you free from November 19th to January 1st to do the... Radio City Christmas <laughs> Spectacular, because that sounds like just the kind of shit that show needs I'm to sorry. get can I be back Santa in the Claus? papers. Can I be Santa Claus coming down? Yes, you can be anything you want. That show is a dying sack of dust. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it needs some life, baby. I could sing some Christmas carols. Okay. I would love to, to sing one, some Well, you had that carols. famous Christmas carol that you did with Bing Crosby. This is this wouldn't be Fish your first. Enough. Yeah, can what, it be? What was the, uh, what was the song? Uh, it's a little drummer boy. Wrong uh, drummer boy. Bing, that's right. Bing oh. sings "Little Drummer Boy" and I sing "Peace on Earth." Oh. which was a song that was written for me because I did not like the song "Little Drummer Boy." Oh, that's the but reason that why we you sort of like sang uh, uh, the other the other words in between. That's why Bing is going. Only told me, bum, 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 and I'm going "Peace on Earth." Can it be? Yeah. Right oh. perhaps will be. Didn't you just try to talk to Bing Crosby? Like, uh, like, can we pick a different song? Because I don't like Little Drummer Boy. Have you met Bing? Have you ever tried to <laughs> talk to Bing I actually had Bing on the show. I would love to have oh. Bing on the show. That would I, be great. Uh, he might be here. Do you want to talk to him? <laughs> no, no. No, I, no, that's, you got to save it so he can do another episode. <laughs> yeah, I would hate to have another character here. <laughs> that I, then, does somebody want to talk to <laughs> want to talk to Bing? That's just David doing a voice. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mr. Rockefeller, for clearing that up for our radio audience. I speak audience. the truth these days. Yeah, why didn't you just say to Bing... Uh, let's, let's I just wanted song. to show off my impressions. I don't have to do impressions. <laughs> yeah, no, you're very, you're a very gifted man. No one, no one's gonna say that you're not extremely talented. David I'm a peacock, Bowie. Jared. I'm what? a peacock. You're a peacock. Oh, That's right. what a good Katy Perry song that is. What peacock? It's a deep track. Cause baby, a you're a peacock. peacock. Oh, and that's all I remember. <laughs> P, 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 just yes. like I'm living. <laughs> Oh boy, oh. this is going off the rails a little bit. But let I don't me, see uh, what you mean. Let's uh, right. let me ask you this, uh, Mr. Rockefeller. Oh. So you abstain from questions, pain oh, you. Maybe really... it's because I'm just discovering so much about myself that's bad. Well, you know, it it's, doesn't seem like you had any particular vices besides 
trying to accumulate money and power. Like mm-hmm. you abstained from alcohol and tobacco throughout your life. Right. You were a religious person. Oh, God. Even even before you were fabulously wealthy, you you dedicated a certain amount of your uh, your weekly income to charity. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, um, like like were there things that you did? That were, you know, a little bit, a little bit wild, a little bit rock star. Like, you know, you didn't smoke or or drink, but maybe there were other things that that you used to relax or get inebriated. Well, might as if you're not going to come clean here, where will you? This right, is the show right, for right it. boys. This is the show for it. So yes, all of all of that good stuff was just a ruse to hide people from to hide from the fans what I was really up to in, at night. What what were you really up to? <laughs> Give me at a night? minute, <laughs> JD Rockefeller. This is obviously this is a, a huge reveal. This is a big reveal. Nobody mm-hmm. knows about JD Rockefeller's secret evening life. And so, for for the fans out there, for everybody who knows you and loves you, oh, are you going to reveal now what you have been using, what you've been doing behind the scenes? Here it this is. This is your vice. This is this is your demon. Much akin to True Blood season three. <laughs> I was involved in dog fights. Dog I fights. I ran some of the most successful dog fights uh, underneath the the ice rink at Thirty Rock. Oh my God! That's the reason why the ice rink is there. <laughs> yeah, is to hide the dog up above. Every- families skating. Everybody knows that ice is the best way to muffle the sounds of a dog well, fight. Well, and Christmas cheer and, and all Christmas that cheer. trash. <laughs> That's right. And then underneath, you have those poor pups. Just fighting for their life, ears getting ripped off, mm-hmm. and boy, that's bad. Now I read, so I, you know, I have to admit, I did a little deep research into you, Mr. Rockefeller. You knew, and, and I knew about the dog fights, but I also read that that your dogs were just three puppies, and that you would send <laughs> the three puppies to fight like the full size dogs. It's and, true. And I is, involved is that puppies true? too. Is that true? I was yes. And you would I let the bad. dogs pay their way out of the fights and send three puppies in instead. That's the problem with letting someone become a crazy. Rich fuck and not control like hello Donald Trump and then you just think there's no boundary you know the story mm-hmm. oh god no absolutely and I'm and I am pleased I know David Bowie was saying you know there's a lot of self hate there and I don't think that's a hundred percent healthy but it's I do not. think that it's right to be reflective and to and to own up to the mistakes that you have made in the past I will say I did one thing really well what was that what did you think. I had the most beautiful three-piece suits. My vests were so nice and not baggy, much in the way a lot of the old rich guys in that time did. Right, David? Yeah, the Didn't style, I, the style didn't I look was, good? You yeah. look great. Well, you're Thanks both then fashion icons, you know? The Thin White Duke, the Thin White Duke, my character was from me? the Berlin Trilogy, oh. is patted on your suit. Oh, my God. David, can I ask you something? What was it like to wear... Platform shoes. That's something I <laughs> never did, and I sh- regret it so, so much. JD, it felt like I was walking around just a couple of inches higher than everyone else. Gosh. I was, of course, 90, the dream. 98 pounds, 5'9", five, 5'10". Oh, five, ten, wow. And all I could feel was this compulsion to want to raise up my knee <laughs> and then lower it and oh. then 
Raise up my full outstretched leg. Now, Mr. Lower Bowie. Again. Oh, now, Mr. Bowie. God. Raise Keep up Mr. Bowie. I'm calling bullshit on this. I think you're just giving Mr. Rockefeller what he wants. I gotta, I gotta be real. No, here. no, no, no. That's I gotta be real. True. That's not true. That's I think not true. You, I think you see in Mr. Rockefeller a, a gracious audience member, if and you, you are listen... doing what you need to do to provoke him. <gasps> Wait, are you trying to become the star in my Christmas spectacular? I think a great song for for I think a great song for Christmas is Heroes. And just imagine on that on that beat the one, two, three, we could be heroes, knee and leg and Mr. Rockefeller, he is playing you like a fiddle. It's working. He recognizes what you like and he is going to use you to get what he wants. And now see and now and now I'm going to inject Santa Claus with sex in his face. And I'm going to show you what Christmas can truly mean. If we, if we could just uh, 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 tangent here for just a quick Merry second. Merry Christmas to all! We don't, oh, we don't have that Christmas. much time uh, left of the show, but um, I'd like to ask you, Mr. Bowie, about, uh, you know, you blamed living in Los Angeles for your uh, cocaine City usage and for the... <laughs> I'm sorry, Rockefeller. Are you shining down would that be, on me? Would that be the song... <laughs> City of Stars from the La La Land. critically acclaimed movie musical La La Land. The best film in the past hundred years. I would, I would disagree with that. I like La La Land. Just two hopefuls trying to crack it in the big, big It does city. seem like the kind of ma- uh, the, the kind of movie an old, rich, white man would with like. Love. Two sociopaths who think they deserve to be the biggest stars in town. Who I think, got they, who think they invented jazz. And it worked. <laughs> it worked. Because look at them go. The Oscars were basically... The La La Oscars. When they realized that the Oscar for Best Picture actually went to Moonlight instead of La La Land, mm-hmm. was that just crushing to you, Mr. Rockefeller? Well, today as I stand, I see where I fucked up. Moonlight is the obvious winner. But yes, back then I was like, oh, I, I, I love La La Land. Anyway, you get the story. <laughs> Wait, so, Bowie, we were asking you about right. yes. living in L.A. You blamed, that, you blamed Los Angeles for your cocaine usage. <gasps> for the controversial comments that you made about Hitler and fascism. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you married a mom in uh, 1992, uh, you were thinking about moving back to Los Angeles with her. Is that right? Yes. So had had your opinion of Los Angeles changed at that point? Like, 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 did you think the city had changed and that you'd feel more comfortable living there now? Jared, I blamed everything for everything. Mm. When I was living in Berlin, I blamed Berlin for my cocaine addiction. Nothing was When I lived small. in London, I blamed London for my cocaine addiction. Wow. Basically, wherever I went, I just had a lot of cocaine. Oh. And <laughs> it was truly, truly those places' fault for not stopping me from using cocaine. But then I met him on. So wait, hold on a second, David Bowie. And she stopped me. Hold on a second. So you're saying that it is the responsibility of the city itself to stop rock stars from doing copious amounts of drugs? Is that right? If Berlin had stopped Hitler from from having his rally, if they had not given him a permit to hold those those demonstrations, boy, it would have been... (laughs) (laughs) This is very interesting. Well, I mean, it sort of vibes with the fact that you thought that fascism was the cure-all because you're saying that city governments should enforce their will on people, stop them from doing cocaine, stop them from becoming Hitler... Jared, cetera, I've never cetera. regretted a thing that I've said, and I think, wow. that, this, I think that this interview wow. has borne that out. 
Yeah, well, that is uh, that is fascinating. Unfortunately, just that like is... my friend Guillermo says, <laughs> oh, God, never no. regret a single thing, thing that you say as... because it can't possibly come back and bite you oh, in the ever, ever again. Well, unfortunately, that is all the time <laughs> that we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I would like to thank my guests uh, J.D. Rockefeller and David Bowie for joining me in the studio today. I always ask my question, my my guests, one final question. I know it's a little weird, but I'm wondering if either of you have any. Uh, comedy shows or Twitter accounts that you're a big fan of that you want to tell people about, um, Jeannie well, Rockefeller? Yes, in character, I'll say the funniest show of all is that Christmas crap show at the Radio City, <laughs> where, where you know, it's amazing. I'm the first person before the cruise lines to get people to ice skate on stage. And then out of character, I'll say, follow, but in the voice, follow <laughs> the Rebecca Robles show on Instagram. What a fun talk show it is. Wonderful. And I really want to uh, tell you how much I appreciate you specifying who you are yeah, when you're plugging certain it's things. It's helpful. And uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Bowie, anything you want to tell people about? In character. I'll, I'll, <laughs> you uh, don't have to do that. You just say I'll, just say the uh, things that you like. I will plug the David Bowie Is exhibition <laughs> that's going on at the Brooklyn Museum of Ooh. Art. I think that's what it is. Okay. Uh, you can see all, all about me. And then uh, uh, out of character, I'll say that uh, you can see uh, X Plus One, which is an improvised 1940s sci-fi radio. <gasps> Show. Mm-hmm. Good idea. Great shows all around. You can check me out at uh, every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater with my uh, improv team, Junior Varsity. Hi, Jamie. Uh, all of my stuff is available on jarrettbranson.com. You should also go check Can out uh, my book, The Killian Conway Technique. Yes. It is available now, and it is hilarious. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We will try to have them on as soon as we can. We are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you Goodbye, next week. Goodbye, Guillermo. Bye-bye. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. Famous dead people.